Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Ki Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And we have got some TikTok tea to talk about. That's right. TikTok superstars and teen sisters Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio are facing some serious online backlash from a video their family posted, which went viral for all the wrong reasons. But is it fair? We discuss. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So the American Music Awards took place yesterday and kind of different to a lot of other award shows that we've seen in this COVID year. They were mostly in person and indoors, giving musicians the chance to perform live at a big event for the first time in months. It's not that exciting when you take into a fact that COVID-19 is super spiking in the US. So it's probably wasn't the best idea, but you know, celebs, they do what they want, as we know. So they did empty out the floor and they had just a few select fans watching the show from the balcony and they made like great pains to tell everyone that they were masked, they were sitting with their families or with their quarantine pods and they'd been all tested negative, but it still gave a little bit of a weird air to the proceedings. But anyway, the show must go on. So we had Justin Bieber opening the American Music Awards. It was actually his first appearance at the AMA since 2016. And Sean Mendes joined him on stage for the debut performance of their new duet Monster, which was quite cute. The weekend performed a special rendition of In Your Eyes, and he actually did it blocks away from the venue in downtown LA, where he walked across one of the city's most famous bridges with all these like pyrotechnics going off in the background. So that's probably a bit more COVID safe, not fire safe, but you know, we take what we can get in these troubled <laughs> I times. I was going to say wildfires. <laughs> I know. I, I become like the safety officer for the American Music Awards, like giving my feedback to them. One of the best moments of the night was Megan Thee Stallion gave her first ever live performance of Body, her new song. And before she took to the stage a pre-recorded speech that she had given about body positivity played where she talked about her body not being perfect but when she looks in the mirror she loves what she sees I love my body every curve every inch every mark every dimple is decoration on my temple my body is mine and nobody owns it but me and finally, Taylor Swift accepted the Artist of the Year award, but she wasn't present at the actual award show. She accepted from her old studio, confirming that she is re-recording her music off the back of the news last week that Scooter Braun had sold her masters. So that was kind of a nice little symmetry ending to the night. Ah, she never misses an opportunity to really stick it to him. I love it so much. And also that Megan the Stallion speech and performance was so good. 
Exactly, and her and Cardi B winning for WAP, even though yes. Cardi B was on stage to accept it, which is definitely the feel-good moment of the night. Did you know why Cardi wasn't there? No, why wasn't she there? She went to the dentist and apparently like, her <laughs> face blew up and she was really pissed off that she oh, couldn't be there. So Cardi funny. B. Look, just it's been a shit year for us all, Cardi B. I thought some prayers with you. Of course. Well, The Queen's Gambit is officially Netflix's most watched limited series to date with 62 million households choosing to watch it in its first 28 days of release. This was actually a recent weekend watch of mine, so I'm feeling very good about myself. A quick refresher if you don't know what it's about. It stars Anya Taylor-Joy as Beth, who is a chess prodigy in the late 50s and 60s who kind of rises as the world's greatest player despite her addiction to drugs and alcohol that really threaten her success and happiness. So the VP of Netflix original series, Peter Friedlander, confirmed via a blog post that the series not only made the top 10 in 92 countries and ranked number one in 63 countries, but it's also had a far-reaching impact on audiences. So Google search queries for chess have doubled, while searches for how to play chess have hit a nine-year peak. Inquiries for chess sets on eBay are up 250% and Goliath Games says its chess sales have increased by 170%. And finally, the number of new players has increased fivefold on chess.com. You might say, checkmate. (laughs) The build up to that joke. Can I just say, I never thought we'd have chess statistics on this show, but it has been a rocky year. Also, can I say, I recommended this in my TV and movies newsletter. So we're taking, I think we should take joint ownership over the fact that I think that you and I are the ones who put this show on the map, not the big buzzy push that Netflix did. Yes. Amazing. So true. We own it. Okay, and to finish off our news headlines for today, I have some very good news. So fans of the iconic Australian TV series McLeod's Daughters are in for a treat because Bridie Carter and Miles Pollard, who played the fan favourite couple Tess and Nick on the long-running show, are getting back together on the screen. So in an interview with TV Week, Bridie Carter said that the two McLeod's Daughters stars will be playing a married couple in a new romance movie called A Walk in the Park. And it's actually the first movie to come out of Bridie and Miles' new production company, Homeland Entertainment. So it's really interesting that they were trying to get together at McLeod's Daughters reunion and they had plans to kind of film that and obviously COVID stopped filming and stopped traveling. They were both kind of quarantined in the same place. So instead of going ahead with the McLeod's Daughters plans, they went ahead with this movie with their production company. And in the interview, Bridie said it's so interesting that after being cast as this like iconic Australian couple all those years ago, here they are like decades later as business partners still working together. So A Walk in the Park will be released next year. I'm sure fans would have much preferred, I have to say, having their characters come back together, like having their McLeod's daughters come back together. But until that can happen, I feel like this is the next best thing. 100%. It's so exciting to have a homegrown rom-com coming out. I'm not sure if it's a rom-com. It does sound like a rom-com, doesn't it? A Walk yeah, in I the Park. Yeah, I think it's a rom-com. All right, maybe I think it is. I know, maybe it's got a dark twist. We'll have to see. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Na 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 na.
All right, buckle up, guys, because we are about to talk TikTok. And if you're not a Gen Z, this is going to be quite hard to follow. So listen carefully. Last week, the queen of TikTok, 16-year-old Charlie D'Amelio, was around 1 million clicks shy of reaching 100 million followers on the platform. That was until the first episode of their new family YouTube series, Dinner with the D'Amelios, starring 18-year-old sister Dixie and her parents Heidi and Mark went live. So the episode saw the family joined by YouTube star James Charles for a family meal prepared by private chef Aaron May. Must be nice. But fans were not too pleased with Charlie and Dixie's overall behaviour, specifically these two instances. So the first was when Chef Aaron presented paella to the family and Dixie spotted a snail in the traditional Spanish dish. What is everyone laughing at? What is this? (laughs) Oh my God. It's a mushroom. No, it's not. That's a snail. Oh my God. It is a snail. (gasps) Oh! It's a snail. It's it's the caracol. It's classic in paella and it's actually... uh, a uh, omen of good luck and fortune. I just touched its liver. Oh my god. Liver? There's a... It's... So what you don't hear there is shortly after she removes herself from the table and goes on to vomit outside in a very dramatic circumstances, Charlie then proceeds to ask the chef who just side note, has been inducted into the Arizona Culinary (laughs) Hall of Fame as a chef extraordinaire if they could just have some dino nuggets instead. So that was the first instance, right? People were like, I'm not really feeling that. Then later in the video, when talking with James Charles about the upcoming anniversary of her hitting a million followers on TikTok, this is what Charlie had to say. Oh, I wish I wish I had like more time because imagine if I hit 100 mil a year after hitting a mil. Was the 95 not enough for you? Well, I was just like saying like even number. Yes. So fans dubbed it the dinner party from hell and accused the stars of being ungrateful. They went on to both receive death threats and Charlie went on to ironically end up losing a million TikTok followers as a result of the video. Laura Brodnick, how are you going over there with this Gen Z chat? Look, I was actually aware of these two TikTok stars. I think they're the only ones that people who aren't following that TikTok fame are across just because they make news headlines all the time. And I think if you didn't know them before, you do now because this story has been dominating every news site, celebrity site. Lots of other influencers and YouTube people have been weighing in and you can see the comments rolling in and they were pretty terrible. Like she was saying, the death threats, Mm -hmm. people telling them like horrendous things, but it hasn't exactly toppled their empire. Like she did lose that 1 million, but like all their endorsements, as far as I know, are going ahead. Most of their loyal audience is there, but I think it was the first time they and like a TikTok star of this kind of magnitude has experienced this kind of backlash. And because they're so young and because it's such a new platform, I think it's kind of setting a precedent for like what we're going to see going forward as this becomes like the main source of entertainment. Well, that's it. And I think probably this is maybe the first time they've ever experienced this kind of backlash on that level. And that really came through and how the girls both reacted to the videos. So Dixie was kind of more straight to the point, posting a little explainer to TikTok. I would never in any way want to be taken as disrespectful, especially from an out of context 15 second clip. So basically my team knows I throw up a lot. I could throw up at the smell, the thought, or the taste of anything. So when they saw the snails, they were like, oh, let's get her and try to see if we can get a reaction out of her. But what really got me was Charlie's reaction to this. And this is kind of what I really want to talk about. She's 16 and listen to the pain in her voice when she is on an Instagram live in response to the controversy. Seeing how people reacted to this, like, 
I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Like, this is messed up stuff that people are saying. Like, that's not okay. You can hate on me for whatever I've done, but the fact that all of this is happening because I a misunderstanding, like, I just feel like that's not okay. And if this is the community that I'm in and the community that I put myself in, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. See, this is the interesting thing with that because what these girls are is they're essentially child stars. You know, they're teens. They became, mm. they, they, you know, they were younger teens and they started building up their followings. And normally with child stars, they're in movies or TV shows. So they're same lines that are pre-written. They don't do interviews or any kind of press alone. They always have a handler with them or, or someone there to kind of like. So basically, they don't actually have any interaction with the public. Like they're so managed and handled, and that is why a lot of them do go off the rails when they finally become adults and get to do their own thing. But now you have essentially these child stars who have this really unfiltered, like I know they have production staff and parents and everything there, but sounds like it was the production staff who settled this up and you can see they probably had a content meeting and it could have very easily gone the other way where it would have gone viral and people thought it would thought it was really funny and interesting and like an insight to this family. But basically what you have are these child stars who are interacting uncensored with the public every day. So there's a lot more room for them to, because they're children and they, you know what I mean, you, they don't really understand nuances and stuff like that there's a lot more room for them to make these missteps and then there's no kind of border between them and their audience like there's no character to hide behind there's no PR person sitting in on the interview it's just them interacting that's so true because they have that direct, you know, and, and they're celebrated for having this direct unfiltered link to their audience. But I guess it's when you're in situations like that where I think it's almost like a bit of a wealth thing as well because they're sitting, you know, in their gorgeous mansion in LA. They have this amazing private chef, you know, they're all dressed very nicely. We've also got to bring in the context of COVID and how in LA where they're based, they're seeing like this huge resurgence and spike right now of COVID. So I think maybe that perspective is there because if you get down to the behaviour, it's no different from my teenage cousins that I've seen and I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are so bratty. Like I remember being bratty, but I reckon it's a new level of brattiness. <laughs> but I just think that that actual lived experiences of teenagers and like it's actually no different from the original influences and their teen years. Think about how badly Nicole Richie looked on that first season of The Simple Life. You know, and she was like wasted drunk, kind of like pouring something on a bloody pool table or whatever. And these kids are actually not even doing anything that bad. They're a little bit bratty, kind of pushing back on their parents. But we're really quick, I think, to forget about how we treat child stars. You know, I think we just had like this big U-turn for Justin Bieber. You know, he was such an idiot. And then we all kind of realized, oh, wait, he was just 15 years old and had heaps of money and no one telling him no. And now he's this born again Christian and really nice family guy. and He's palatable again. But I think we forget get almost about the fact that they are kids and they have don't have that much life experience 16 and 18 like that's not that much life experience they don't really understand and when things are out of context it looks way worse I know. Look, I do find it hard to find like huge amounts of sympathy for like privileged TikTok stars in their mansion. So I do see why people have reacted this way. But obviously, death threats or any kind of abuse online is never okay. But it is drawing a lot of like, as you're saying with older reality stars, it is drawing a lot of similarities with the Kardashians. I would say because you mm. know, if it wasn't a COVID year, so many people hadn't lost their jobs and were starving and separated from their families. Potentially, this could be seen as funny and quirky. Yes. And because this is the kind of stuff the Kardashians used to pull with their early 
early seasons of their show all the time. You know what I mean? Like these kind of little family stunts and quirky things. And I think they were trying to emulate that, but they're just a few years too late and time has like quite changed. And we see now the Kardashians trying to go to their private islands or do any kind of quirky family stuff. It just doesn't hit the same note it used to. Like people have moved on and have expected a different kind of entertainment and a different kind of conversation. And because the D'Amelios, is that how you say their name? Jesus. I don't I hate I even know who these people are. God. I think with that dinner party and that setting and the way they were talking and the, the way the production had planned the night to go, they were trying to become that next family of reality TV. But they've just hit such a sour note. I don't know if they can come. Like, I think their empire will survive, but I don't think that their family is going to become that beloved reality American TV family that they were aiming for. They are definitely trying to push into that space because you can't make that much money on TikTok. Unfortunately, creators just don't kind of make the big bucks that YouTube stars see, Instagram stars even see. So they are really diversifying and trying to get into those platforms even more. But the controversy didn't slow her down because as of yesterday, Charlie D'Amelio reached her 100 million followers. And I just read before we started that the sisters scored free dino nuggets. So maybe it was all a PR stunt for free nuggets. What has the world come to? I'd like some free nuggets. I know. Can we get some free nuggets? (laughs) Can I get some free tofu nuggets? Thanks. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Do you have thoughts on these young Gen Z stars? Why don't you pop over to our Facebook page, The Spill, and let us know what you think. This episode of The Spill was produced by Leah Porges and Maddie Joanno. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.